Hey, welcome. It is seven minutes after the hour. Pleased to tell you, Jennifer Bukowski is with us, and uh, she's brought with her a, ho uh, a host of stories, uh, including uh, an Episcopal church giving indigenous people in Wisconsin money for their stolen land. Did the Episcopal church steal their land? Here's the thing, Gary. Well, I don't think so. Do you? Uh, no. This, this is something that's creeping up all over the place. I've seen this in an email signature of an email that I've received here locally. I won't say from who, but it says in this email, I would like to acknowledge that I work in what is colonially known as Missouri, that these were the homelands of the tribal nations of the Utachi, Missouri, Jawiri, Otoe, Wazahazi, Osage, Agapaxa, like I can't even pronounce these, six different, seven different tribes, six of which have two different names, among others. So this is like the new thing, this new reparations playbook. And I don't care if people at this Episcopal Church in Wisconsin want to voluntarily give their money to then go out somehow track down the rightful heirs of land, I guess, that they've been evacuated from generations ago and like handed out to them. That's their choice. But where the Ho-Chunk people are now is uh, a question that I don't know the answer to, but they feel guilty, I guess, Gary. So they want to, instead of like using this, the, this pastor admits it won't be, you know, outrage as part of their church to help the church, it's going to just go to tribal leaders so they could appropriate money as they saw fit. Well, I but just this hope... Is something that you're going to see more of, I'm predicting. Well, I hope so. I hope somewhere out there where the Blackfoot tribes used to roam the lands, there is a, an Episcopal church... And kill the tribes and kill the... Like, all those tribes fought over land. There's this whole noble, savage thing. They had slaves. You know, like... They were not perfect people. None of us are perfect people. Yeah, I still want... That they were somehow so innocent and uh, pure is not accurate at all. Yeah, but I still want some Episcopal church where the Blackfoot used to roam to decide to send the Blackfoot members money. Because I'm part Blackfoot and I like money. And yeah. so it's it's okay. Oh, Oh, you're part back, but well, that's okay for you. Yeah. Uh, they should certainly give you that money over, you know, I don't know, helping homeless people or hungry people in their community. Well, yeah. You're, you're a much more worthy cause. Absolutely. Because you were so victimized by people generation, hundreds of years ago. Like, yes. Why are the people Oh, the oppression. Now? I don't know how I've succeeded so far in my life. It's been horrible. I know. You had your land stolen from you. Oh, wait, you still own your house. No, <laughs> yeah, but I, no one's taken that from you. Because I had to pay roots. for it. I had to pay for it. And besides, it occurs to me I'm the original Cleveland Indian. <laughs> so I can, I can wear Cleveland Indian they paraphernalia. They should give you a spot on that baseball team, too, shouldn't the, they? Well, they no, they're the Guardians right. now. They changed the name oh. to Guardians because they were a bunch of weenies who just caved in. And they're going after the Braves now. Yeah, it's it's the amazing Chiefs? that. What are the Chiefs? What are they coming for the Chiefs? Oh, they're believe me, they're going after everybody. And yeah. What's interesting is that you know they name these uh, teams after you know warriors, and you think they'd be proud of this? 
but oh no, 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 the left, they just can't get, they just can't get past that. You know, it's probably like the Latinx thing where people who are Latinos and Latinas don't like it, but the left keeps insisting that it's offensive not to say that. <laughs> it's the, it might be dissimilar with the American Indian tribe. So Kanye West, can I call him that now? Is it still okay to call him Kanye West? I, ye, Kanye, Kanye is the one that makes sense to me. Ye Kanye West. And yeah, Yee Conway. And Yee Candace Owens <laughs> are wearing Yee T-shirts that, <laughs> yeah. that seem to be getting a little, a little news, uh, a little newsworthy. Do tell. So they're in Paris, and they are both sporting White Lives Matter T-shirts, causing the left to have a total meltdown, which is amusing to me. But yeah, it just looks the same font and everything, like uh, Black Lives Matter. White Lives Matter. Candace Owens is sitting here in this photo wearing a white long sleeve t-shirt with the, in black the words White Lives Matter and he's wearing the inverse, a black t-shirt uh, stamped in there in white. White Lives Matter. And uh, it is causing quite uh, the meltdown on the left because they are very upset by this. How dare he? How dare he be racist? He might overtake Larry Elder as the biggest black white supremacist in the country according to the left <laughs> oh yeah unbelievable it's amazing but, what... hey, he kind of knows how to be edgy doesn't he like doesn't that he is gonna get him some attention he also was in a MAGA hat he was talking to the president he ran for president as part of the birthday party briefly remember that last time around <laughs> but uh it's the left is calling him mentally ill and acting like he has a communicable disease. They are trying to destroy him, but uh, I think it's good. You know, he's showing leadership. He's being different. He's being creative, and he's worth a lot of money because he does think outside of the box. Brant, my husband, actually saw him speak at a conference with, like, search engine text that the, it was, like, put on by Google. It's invite only, and he had a slide with all these different business ideas for, like, investing in energy in this part of Europe and all these different things. He's just a a really uh, different different thinker. He thinks outside the box, and he's been successful so far by doing so. So I'm amused by it. Yeah, uh, I like he's, it. He's, he's fun to watch. Elon Musk is another one that I'm getting pretty obsessed with. But uh, Are you uh, really? I like the strange people. We need strange people in this world, you know, to come up with the new ideas and innovate and invent. I like Candace Owens. Yeah. Personally. She's, uh, She's a smart cookie, and uh, she's sitting there having fun. They're both cracking up wearing these T-shirts in Paris, knowing that uh, the meltdown that they're causing. Yeah, they knew. They had to know this was going to be uh, big news. I think it's great. Uh, and and a lot of T-shirts sold out immediately, so they're making money. Yeah, they're Gas making money and sending that. a message. What right. a great combination! Yeah, it's better than like all lives matter. Yes, but for black. Like famous black people to be sitting there wearing white lives matters. It's uh, it's edgy. I like it. <laughs> what irks the left more that they're making a lot of money, or that the message is one they don't like? It's hard to oh, know that cause... they're disobeying them and not following their line that they've been told and their beliefs that they've been told that they have to have as black people. Yeah, but they also <laughs> don't like people getting rich. 
Well, they all have, there's limit to how much money you can have, you know. Well, unless it's them. I mean, you know, they like to make money preaching to us off their various products and their windmills and their carbon credits and everything else just so happens to enrich them where all these different, you know, funds get diverted all the time. It's just, it's such a, a, a racket sometimes. Some yeah. of these policy positions they push, which just coincidentally enrich their brothers-in-law or whatever else. All right, uh, up against the clock, but when we come back, fumbled deposition places a prosecutor in hot water, and this libertarian in the Pacific Legal Foundation actually spoke with his attorney about his suit on college debt paying. Uh, we'll get to that also with Jennifer Bukowski and the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 19 minutes after the hour. Okay, the uh, there are we're getting calls on the trans video that we played, and uh, what I've done is I've put it up at GaryNolan.com so that uh, you can see it. If you don't belong to Facebook, uh, you can go to GaryNolan.com. It says trans video. That's where it's at. Uh, no cookies, no signing up, no nothing. Just an opportunity for you to communicate with me and vice versa. Um, it, maybe we'll get it up on Facebook as well, but for right now, it's at GaryNolan.com. Uh, in the meantime, Jennifer Bukowski is with us, and she has brought to the table several stories. Uh, we got to move fast on uh, these because we're running out of time. Fumbled depositions place prosecutor in hot water. Is this in Missouri? Yes. So we have a prosecutor in Missouri that is accused of improperly hiding evidence during depositions um, for two 1996 murders. Uh, the defendant, Kidd, what is his last name, was sentenced to a total of four life sentences, two without parole. And 23 years later, a state habeas court identified a Brady violation in the case and exonerated him. And now the prosecutor in that case is being um, scrutinized and her license is potentially going to be suspended for a year, but straight out of the gate, uh, the first question to Judge Zell Fisher, who is on the, you know, a Federalist Society member, by the way, uh, asked the Office of Chief Disciplinary Counsel's attorney, why are you asking for a different sanction here than you asked for against Kim Gardner? Or it's the same same offense, like hiding exculpatory evidence during a deposition. And the response was like, well, the outcome is so much worse here because this guy lost like 23 years of his life, whereas, you know, I guess Pride just lost the governorship or whatever. But uh, that was just kind of an interesting local story. But I like seeing this trend of holding prosecutors accountable uh, with their law licenses uh, when you do have these exonerations due to the hiding of Brady evidence, because I think that will hopefully create more incentives for prosecutors to be sure that they comply with that going forward. Well, uh, I'm not sure that uh, I agree with the, uh, you know, the, the severity thing being, you know, the law is the law. Here's, here's what this, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm not an attorney, but it seems that Kim Gardner got away with, you know, I would argue a, a, a pretty ugly, uh, you know, it really tarnished, and I'm not a fan of his, the governor's uh, reputation. Oh, certainly. It was completely political the way they that case got even brought because they didn't have a complaining 
victim make a police report that got referred to the prosecutor's office. She went out with this FBI, former FBI guy who has been, you know, convicted of perjury, I believe, to come up with this case while St. Louis had just been ranked number one most dangerous city in the country. And this is what she was focusing her time on as a political move. So that was disappointing. And then for them not to be handing over the video of uh, the accuser uh, interviews and, and the notes from those and lying in that deposition saying, oh, those weren't, I didn't take any notes. There wasn't a video. Well, Kim Gardner knew that there were notes in a video and later video surfaces showing there's a video and there were notes. So they never disclosed those. That it was hugely problematic to me. And it really frosted my buns when I found out about it because, you know, they spent all that time preparing for the trial and everything else. And they didn't have all the information they needed to strategize and formulate their defense. Anyway. Yep. So it is interesting that they're asking for different sanctions for different people here. One for Kim Gardner, where she just got to pay a fine and get like a reprimand and then a year for this other prosecutor. But I'm glad to see that there's a trend of disciplinary disciplining prosecutors for this kind of stuff at all. Somebody's, somebody's feet are being held in the fire, and that's a good thing. Uh, Pacific Legal Foundation attorney has uh, filed a lawsuit to block the student debt cancellation. Right. So last time I was on your show, I believe, we're like, oh, who will sue about this? And then that same day it was announced Pacific Legal Foundation, which is a great group, filed suit. And since then, two more lawsuits have been filed, including one by attorneys general, including Nebraska, Missouri, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas and South Carolina. And the complaint on this one is great. It starts out saying the economy is not well and it goes into the actual facts about the inflation and everything else. And then Biden announces this. He has no uh, authority to do this. In fact, we just had a major Supreme Court case last term decided uh, EPA versus West Virginia versus the EPA. And it, this this decision completely flouts that. So that lawsuit could get some steam as well. But the Pacific Legal Foundation uh, won also. Could well, hopefully get some momentum and maybe get consolidated and then get to the Supreme Court in time to block this because we're facing record inflation and we can't keep spending money. What's well, interesting, the attorney that's filing this lawsuit is working for a nonprofit and his college debt would be paid off uh, as the result of working for several years for a nonprofit organization. But if this uh, student loan debt thing goes through the way Biden had planned it, they would pay a chunk of his debt. And when that happens, his state will tax him. Yep. And he said that would be an undue burden. I wouldn't have to worry about that if, if it weren't for this uh, new law. And now it's an undue burden. And that's how he has standing. Yeah, yeah, that's how he doubly has standing. So that, that won't get kicked. And I think that was a clever plaintiff to go with because that's the big question when you have something like this you need to pick the right plaintiff and i hope that they have here well you know we libertarians you notice that almost all of these kinds of lawsuits protecting liberty and freedom come from libertarian organizations liberty-minded certainly yeah and it's good to see that being done i donate to big legal foundation they do great work and so I encourage people to check them out. I used to start getting literature. I'm like, Pacific, legal, they must be hippies. But no, they 
like they their main cases have started off about like land right use and land ownership out in California, but now they're a national organization handling national cases. All right, uh, just about to let you go, but I'm going to ask you: look into your crystal ball. The election is less than a month away. Do the Republicans take the Senate? I'm an optimist, so I'm going to say yes. But Uh, I'm not confident in that at all. I think they will. I think the economy, inflation, gas prices going up because OPEC, and I pointed this out to listeners uh, a day or two ago, OPEC is going to cut back on uh, producing oil to the tune of, I think, a million barrels a day. That's just going to drive the price of gasoline up because the demand worldwide will affect us as well. And, you know, if we were building refineries, drilling for oil and all of that, we'd be able to pretty much offset anything that they they do. But because of Joe Biden, we can't. And the net result is going to be inflation goes up. Oh, boy. And that's going to hurt the Democrats and everyone. Yeah, well, it's politically, though, it's going to hurt the Democrats. You know, I've argued this before, and I guess the listeners are probably tired of hearing it, but while it's tough enough to go into the grocery store uh, and buy a pound of coffee beans and come out with a $50 bill, but when you're driving down the street, you don't have to stop in the gas station to see the gas prices. They always put those great big signs up telling you how much it is per gallon, you get reminded as soon as you drive down the street. I think, personally, that the House of Saud is doing this on purpose. Russia is also um, encouraging this. But I think, it, I think it, uh, it, it gives the Republicans the momentum to take the Senate. So I'm saying yes. Unequivocally, I believe. I hope you're right. I'm going to say yes, too, and we shall see, though. But (laughs) who knows what they're going to come up with in Georgia. And uh, we're still not pulling ahead in Pennsylvania. So we need to flip. We need to hold Pennsylvania and flip a seat. Nevada's a good pickup opportunity. But Arizona's looking bad. And we need to hold on to Wisconsin, North Carolina, and Ohio. So it's going to be very close. We should have been able to take this by... A margin of several, you know, we should have been able to take, flip Nevada, Georgia, and hold on to Pennsylvania and flip Arizona, and then have four seats. But now we're going to be struggling just to get a bare 51. I think if the debate, and I, and Brian and I were chatting about this during the last break, I'm running out of time here. This debate in Pennsylvania, I actually want to watch it. I don't even live in Pennsylvania. I want to watch it. Oh, I'm tuning in big time. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. Because I I think when the electorate get to see uh, the Democrat candidate, I don't see how they vote for him. I I think they they already have because their voting started September 19th. Yeah, well, that's why that's why they wanted to hold off on the debate. Right. Figuring that the Democrats are more likely to mail in their votes early and it won't hurt them as much. And so they didn't set it until, like, October 25th, right? Right. Too late. Yeah, I don't like early voting. Never did. Jennifer Bukowski, I always like. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Gary. All right. It's the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. We'll go into greater detail on this next story on Saturday morning with the uh, gun show, but it it's such an amusing story that I had to play it for you. It is 1135. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. Uh, many of you are aware I got my start in talk radio in New York State up in Syracuse. And uh, Syracuse and Utica are sister cities. They're right next to one another. And um, apparently Utica decided they would, uh, you know, that's where they're going to have this gun buyback uh, with the uh, New York Attorney General. And uh, there was a guy there that, well, he made an unusually great amount of money. Here's how he did it. I think this is just... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I hate when they do this. Uh, hang on a second. It's going to... It's my fault. Here we go. On crime, but one man claims he made on a 3D printer for the sole... Made guns on a 3D printer for the sole purpose of selling them at Utica's buyback event. As News Channel 2's Jolene Ferris reports, he walked away with $21,000 in taxpayer money. <laughs> On August 27th, the state attorney general's office held a community gun buyback program at the Utica Police Department. No questions asked. They'd buy from you as many guns as you wanted to surrender. <laughs> Nobody thought this through. If you if you look at the flyer, it is just the, 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 the gravest thing that Letitia James could have done. Is she, she literally put a bounty on 3D printed guns. She said, I will give you extra money if it does have a serial number on it. She, they made no specifications. They didn't. They didn't touch on any details. There was no fine print. And that's why I was able to walk out with $21,000. After seeing people posting on Twitter about using 3D printers to make ghost guns to sell at gun buybacks, a man who identified himself to us as Kem got to work on a $200 3D printer he got for Christmas. Well, I 3D printed a bunch of lower receivers and frames for different kinds of firearms. <laughs> then he drove six hours to Utica. He goes, hey, you're here for the gun buyback? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm here. And he sees the toad. He's like, oh, how many firearms do you have? And I said, 110. <laughs> this began an all-day negotiating and haggling session with staff from the state attorney general's office. And it ended with the the guy and a lady from the budget office uh finally coming around with the 42 gift cards and counting them out in front of me $21,000 in $500 gift cards we asked the state attorney general's office a few weeks ago if they were aware this might be happening at gun buyback programs. They didn't answer the question, responding only that the buyback in Utica helped keep families safe and was a big success. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm sure I'm sure handing over twenty one thousand dollars in gift cards <laughs> to some punk kid after getting a bunch of plastic junk was a rousing success. Kem says he had two objectives, make some cash and make a point. And gun buybacks are a fantastic way of showing, number one, that your policies don't work. And number two, you're creating perverse demand. You're causing people to show up to these events only to make money. And they don't actually reduce crime whatsoever. Utica police referred all questions to the AG's office. We reached out to them again today. No response. Any surprise? 
<laughs> no response. <laughs> oh, We've talked- man. Liberals just don't think through anything, do they? No, no they don't. But we... We've speculated about this on the gun show several times. Uh, one of the ideas was, um, you know, maybe set up a booth right down the street and then buy the guns from the people who are going to, to, to sell them to the government. Because sometimes there are some really uh, terrific uh, firearms that get turned in. Would that be the gun buyback loophole? Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you couldn't do it if you were a gun dealer. Well, maybe you could. Yeah, you could if you were a gun dealer. Maybe even more easily. But it, the whole idea that you're stopping crime by buying these guns is so pathetically stupid. And then to have the uh, the state say, you know, it doesn't matter how many you bring, and we'll give you extra money if they're without serial numbers. This guy probably spent, you know... 50 bucks uh, on plastic and a couple of hours printing and he walked away with $21,000. That's not a bad, you know, that's not a bad, bad profit. And it's not like you have to stand there and watch these uh, uh, 3D printers. You can turn them on and walk away. They'll do their thing overnight. And I think I read a uh, subsequent story saying that they no longer will accept 3D printed guns at these gun buyback events. <laughs> I 20, wonder why. $21,000. Oh, my God. He'd go out and buy a, you know, a, he could put a down money on a gun store. Uh, how many AR-15s can you get for that? Uh, you can get the, probably, uh, you know, for 20000 you probably get uh, 10 really good, uh, well-equipped AR-15s for that. Uh, maybe even more if you, you know, look for the less expensive brands. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572, or go to Gary Nolan. I'm just chuckling. It's, go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message. Clay is on the line. Clay, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, two things real quick. I don't think I would ever fire an AR round through a 3D-printed piece of plastic. Uh, well, no, he, didn't, he, he printed pl- uh, uh, pistols. He didn't print an AR. Oh, I thought he was. Compl- I thought he printed uh, like the receivers. It's it, it just small, uh, small arms. Oh, okay, never mind. Well, scratch that. I still would shoot through a piece of plastic. But anyway, the buyback up here in Utica, it is totally the happily ever after complex that the liberals have. With uh, you know, let's do this, and then we all live happy, happily ever after. They don't. They don't know the story. They don't have a beginning and middle. They just have a, uh, you know, an end to all the trouble. Give, yeah. um, give everybody two years off for COVID and we all lived happily ever after. Give everybody 600 extra dollars a month and we all lived happily ever after. Well, uh, the rest of us reading that book are not living very happily ever after. No, absolutely not. Uh, no. but, but I mean, this whole thing was is stupid. It, they never really reduce crime by buying back these guns. The Not people who are turning them in are never going to use them to violate the law anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you get um, you get rid of grandpa's or dad's gun that you've had for a decade, and they give you um, you know two hundred fifty bucks. You can go buy whatever you want. But <laughs> yeah, the people the people going to gun buybacks are never probably never going to fire the gun to begin with, let alone use it for any crime whatsoever. Yep, 
It's just. But we all lived happily ever after there. Yeah. Utica. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, are you up thank in Utica now? No, I'm driving around Columbia. Okay. All right, Clay. <laughs> thank you for the call. Glad to have you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. You know, Brian, maybe we could. I think we should lobby uh, the Columbia Police Department. Uh, and in the state of, well, no, that wouldn't happen in Missouri. Yeah, I don't think so. No. You know, that's the beauty of Missouri. Of all the states you could live in, Missouri is the best when it comes to firearms. You can get a license to carry concealed. You can carry without a license concealed. You got the Second Amendment Preservation Act. I mean, this is the state to be in. If you're a Second Amendment supporter, and I, you know, I got to tell you, I'm I'm somewhat disappointed uh, that Chuck Basie, who's been a great proponent, has term limited out. He's he's been just so good uh, on the Second Amendment that it's it's a shame to see him go. Uh, all right, we are um, up against the clock. We'll take a, qu- a quick break. Uh, Brian, I, you know, for Christmas you could get me a 3D printer. Yeah, they're not that expensive. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind having one of those. I, I might be able to save a ton of money buying guns, printing guns. It's the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. The steaming pile of Pelosi steps in it. Uh, we'll get to that audio in uh, in a few minutes. Uh, I was reading some of the outrage about the White Lives Matter. Uh, T-shirts uh, that, that uh, Stacy uh, Abrams and uh, Kanye were wearing, and uh, these people were really, really butthurt by this. Uh, I feel like this image is what a stroke feels like. Writes Garfield. Uh, Kanye giving a shout out to a literal neo-Nazi propaganda campaign is a major and strangely unanticipated concern and problem. Wow. Um, I mean, so, uh, seeing Yee and Candace both in that T-shirt hurts my soul. Whatever nuance there was as part of his fashion show pales in comparison to seeing someone who's so politically destructive and reprehensible standing there with Yee blows emblazoned uh, with, uh, with that phrase. I, these people are are really, really butthurt about those T-shirts. Man, oh man, what a perverted uh, education they have. Uh, To the phones on the gun buyback, Keith is just called in. Keith, welcome. How are you? I'm fine, Gary. Thanks. Uh, Can't top your your buyback story, but I do have a a sort of a minor version of it. About four or five years ago, uh, there was a guy who had just gotten out of prison, uh, and he was from here in Columbia, and he wanted to convince uh, everybody that he how reformed he was and uh, how he's going to do great community service. And he went around and talked a bunch of other idiots into donating money so he could have a gun buyback. And I think he, he managed to raise about $4,000 and uh, set it up. Uh, to uh, be handled at uh, what used to be the armory downtown, it's now a city-owned property. And all of a sudden, somebody in the city said, wait a minute, you, you can't bring guns on city property. 
So we wound up doing it in um, uh, what was in the Office Depot parking lot. And then um, he was also uh, a convicted felon, and he couldn't touch the firearms himself. But uh, went ahead and went through with it, and I had a little bitty 22 caliber uh, blank pistol or starter pistol or training pistol, whatever you want to call it, about 50 years old that I bought back in the early 70s when uh, I was training bird dogs. I was still hunting, and I decided that uh, I'd go see if I could get 100 bucks for that pistol. <laughs> and I went down there, and sure enough, he was there in the car and had somebody else in the car taking the guns. And I even broke the revolver open to show them that it was unloaded, and they didn't care. I stuck my hand in the car with a with a blank pistol, and he handed me a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> I figured I made about ninety seven, ninety eight dollars on that pistol because back in the fifties when I bought it, it was only like two or three dollars. And I had other friends that went with me, and they had junkers that wouldn't shoot, you know, the pieces that were missing, so on and so forth. And together, the, the three or four of us uh, took out of there about $600. Just think how much safer the city is now that you <laughs> no longer have that starter pistol. Yeah, yeah that, that blank pistol, it was a real threat. There's no question <laughs> about it. Yeah. It's just insane. Well, good job, idiots. Keith. Just total idiots. Yes. Good job, Keith. I, a, a pat on the back and add a boy. Nicely done. Thank you. I heard you talking about it. I couldn't resist. Oh, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you shared it. I'll be telling that story probably on Saturday morning. Thanks, Keith. Uh, have at it. Okay, take care. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, I mean, these people are, these happy idiots think they're doing something to save lives, and, and they're not. All they're doing is wasting their money. If I had an if I had an old firearm that that uh, I didn't like, and I found out there was a gun buyback, I would take it down there. There's and some... what are they giving for the typical weapon that's brought in? Is it like a set price? I think so. I, I don't think they're they're looking at guns and going, "Well, that's a, an old twenty two right. revolver. Yeah. You're only going to get twenty five bucks." I think they got a flat rate. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have to have people appraise every firearm. Yeah. And, they're not going to go to that extent. Um, so I would, uh, I would argue they've saved no lives, wasted tax dollars in Utica. Uh, these gun buybacks never work. We've talked about them before, but the left keep doing it. <laughs> they just never learn, do they? No. Oh, we got these guns off the street. <laughs> yeah. What you've done is you've given me enough money to go out and buy a brand new gun that works. They they can't seem to figure that out. It's it's just too much of a stretch for them. All right, uh, before we run out of time, I think we have to go to the steaming pile of Pelosi audio that, uh, well, it has an implication here that uh, Brian finds laughable. Go right ahead, now, the best thing that we can do for our economy is to have comprehensive immigration reform. We have a shortage of workers in our country, and you see even in Florida, some of the farmers and the growers saying, why are you shipping these uh, immigrants up north? We need them to pick the crops down here. But that doesn't mean that we 
don't recognize our moral responsibility as well. Oh, so <laughs> they have their place. They do, yes, apparently. Uh, it's work in the fields. Yeah, we need them to pick crops down here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nancy. Oh, the steaming pile of Pelosi. Yeah, if you're, if you're an immigrant, uh, come, uh, you know, get on your hands and knees and pick lettuce. Uh, we we need you down here to do cheap labor. Now, imagine if a Republican would have said those exact same words. Oh, they would be emblazoned as a, a headline on the New York Times. I know, and this is the first we've heard of it, right? At least I haven't seen it on the news. I just caught this. This was from a couple days ago. Yeah, I did hear it once before. Um, but, but, I mean, the, the it's an insult. That's all you're good for is, you know, work in the fields, and we need you down here to do that. Uh, you're right. If this were a Republican... Uh, it would be uh, they'd, it'd be in uh, you know a fifty point uh, uh, print, uh, and, and it would be on uh, NBC, ABC, CBS, and all the rest. But not not if it's the steaming pile of Pelosi. Now, if you're a Democrat, you get away with all kinds of things. Like I said before, I really don't know how you could be a Democrat. I don't know how you could vote for a Democrat, knowing the things that they have done to society, knowing how many lives they've ruined and i don't care and it's the progressives right from the get-go the progressives that gave you the income tax the redistribution of wealth the welfare state that keeps the poor stuck in a rut uh the transgender surgeries that are destroying people's lives it it's never ending the damage the left have done and they always have an excuse why it's not really a problem but it is. Uh, even even the national debt, and as, as much as I hold the re Republicans accountable for our military expenditures, it is those social programs that are unconstitutional that are that are driving the debt. It's unsustainable. I didn't check it today, Brian. I, did, did you check it? I did not. Nope. We're, I'm sure it hasn't surpassed 31 yet. Uh, it's getting close, though. Um, okay, I'm there now. Thirty uh, uh, nine thirty two. It's it's what nine thirty two nine thirty two. Yeah. Oh boy, we're getting there, and it won't take them long. I mean, if you if you ever go to the national debt clock and watch those numbers spin, it's like it's like uh, a slot machine in Vegas. Glenn Beck is coming up. Sean Hannity will be there. Randy Tobler waking up tomorrow morning with Brandon Rathert. Can't go wrong right here. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem, Gwen, baby, honey, I'm coming home.